today being a tech day, I just kind of want to go over technologies that we're starting to see appear and how technology is changing the ads and privacy or gives user and privacy back to them. And it still allows us to do things that we just weren't able to do before privately and even going as far as doing things with this data that allows us to get paid and 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 more in a privately man, in a private type manner that we've never been able to do before. Today's backlog is going to be mostly little things. Okay, so the type of technology I'm talking about uh, mostly is going to be about uh, pedometers and tracking stats, fitness trackers, that kind of stuff. But the it's also about hashed based technology. This is when we take information and we apply mathematical data manipulation to actually output it something, which technically normally is whatever is input causes an output. If it's a secure hash, then I should be able to input the same thing a billion times and get the same output a billion times. And there are some hashes that don't do this. Those are all sorts of different kinds, whether it's a flex seed, flexible seed, or if it's a timestamp encoded system, or you know, all sorts of different things. But for the most part, that's where the privacy comes back. Hash. Hashing and mathematics. GPS has just been this thing where, okay, in human society, humans' life, it's needed. Maybe not for absolutely everything, but every so often, it's absolutely needed. You want to really get help with something, but you don't know where you're at? GPS. You want to find something that you've in a place you've never been to? GPS. And there's reasons for it, yeah. Auto driving vehicles, we need GPS. And, but... Is it really worth giving up your exact location to companies to track your steps? I mean, come on. The only reason why they have to, they do that, where they say, well, we need exact location and all this stuff is, is fitness spoofing. Why is there fitness spoofing? Because there's incentive programs given by these fitness trackers for people to potentially make money giving up data well why did they do that because people wouldn't give up that data if he wasn't paying them very like the amount of people on when you go okay who how many what's the exact number there is no exact number there is no exact percentage but i will tell it to you like this when the fitness trackers were physical devices they were selling like hotcakes now this is Back even before they were able to attach the phones, where phones had, you know, were able to do that kind of stuff. They used to sell like hotcakes. People like to know how many steps they made. And then we started seeing websites where if you could end up with the most, you could end up on a leaderboard or your name could be known. You could become known across the internet for steps. And then as smartphones came in, they started connecting to the smartphone. And they got put, built into the smartphone. So now all smartphones, like Android, for example, track your steps, whether you want it to or not. Okay, But because the Android kernel, the actual Android operating system, has built in a pedometer, we 
which is what tracks your steps, it doesn't actually have to send out information over the internet to do this anymore, which means it saves battery life, um, makes your device run smoother, you're not wasting as much data, tons of stuff. Now, Google to any Google-based Android, they took advantage of the fact that there's a pedometer built in and overlay Google Fit. So even if you don't have a Google Android, but you just have an open source Android, you have a built-in pedometer. So all this stuff still applies. And even iOS devices have built-in pedometers. Great. So they, these companies still need your exact location. And they've been asking for these exact locations for a long time. And then um, last year, about halfway through the year, I, I, I realized that more of the trustworthy companies are going to, I don't need to verify your steps anymore. I trust the pedometer built into your device. Now, normally they ask for GPS so they can, if you see I walked 300 steps, they can see you moved instead of just staying still. And really that's the only thing they're asking for nowadays. So nowadays you can send absolutely almost no information about your GPS and still be able to verify it. And because GPS is built into Android in a way that I can't explain to the common user, but allow it like this, basically it can pinpoint a location, put it into a type of hash with your steps. So each step can have a hash coordinating to it or start and stop hash coordinating to save data, space, and time processing power and all this other stuff. So now we can see if the hash is the same, your start and stop is the same, which then we can determine you never moved. But even if you went into a loop, you started in the same spot and ended in the same spot, your hash will be different because the directional path is now different. And now we can prove you really need to take those steps without giving any GPS location. So now these companies are realizing that with this newer architecture built into our smartphones, you know, with uh, one of the more latest Android updates, I think you have to have Android 8 or higher for them to actually be able to do this. And I believe the, the most recent iOS Apple device, um, the one released in 2008, 19 um, and higher sooner uh, those ones also have this so they no longer need that GPS data so I found out that I can basically have multiple pedometers that pay me money without actually giving them my location so I, I use sweat, sweat coin I've been doing sweat coin for years upon years pretty much since the first or second year they've been around I've been on there I don't actually make money off of it but I do get products I do get discounts on things and I also use it as a marketing tool for myself for me and my my uh, Twitter account mostly and that's cool right it's something I can use I'm not actually earning real money but it's something I can use as real money not even crypto, but that's fine. I, for the longest time, had to give them all my data. 
of a GPS tether. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And then one day they said, um, A, you've been trustworthy all this time. B, you got a new Android update that allows us to no longer need your exact GPS data to be able to verify your steps. Our algorithm can work with if you connect to the Android pedometer. So I did. Now, with the phone I have, it is a Google Android. So, of course, it had to connect to Google Fit, not just the pedometer. And it doesn't actually ever tell you it connects to the pedometer. But I did have to give permission that in my phone says it's not to Google Fit, but it's basically a pedometer permission. And I had to give it permission to tr count or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was an unusual permission that most people would then freak out about. But when I researched it, I realized it's actually the internal pedometer. So they're actually using Google Fit and my internal pedometer to ensure I'm not lying. Okay, so I'm spoofing one. I can't spoof the other. And that's kind of great about these internal systems. Unless it's a VM, a virtual machine, emulated, emulating the Android, they can't spoof the Android pedometer. Now, does that mean the Android device is still using GPS during the pedometer? Actually, no, it used to, but it does not know anymore because it can, the device can actually determine when it moves, how far it moved, how long it moved, uh, which direction it's facing because that stuff is calibrated when they test the device. Before the device is ever sent anywhere, devices have to be tested to make sure they work. They, that's when that is calibrated. So your device will always know which way is north, even if, it's been off for five years. I mean, these devices are turned off and shipped to you, but they, the device still knows how it moved. So, some really cool features with this internal system. And when you go into it, you're saying, okay, now I can have these multiple different things that pay me. Like, for example, I'm on S Miles, one word, and it's a giant S blue background, looks like a mini symbol. They pay me Bitcoin Lightning Network coins for steps. They don't track my GPS location. And normally they would. And I managed to put it on my daughter's smartphone, which does not have a plan. Does you know it it does not have its own way to tell these people any data. And even without it being online. It's tracking her steps and telling her about what she earned. Now, we did notice that when we put it online and we let the app contact the server and form the information back and forth so we can say, hey, look, this person earned this. Sometimes that earn either goes up or down. It doesn't always equal out to what it said offline, and that's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not like it said I was supposed to make 10 bucks and I only made a penny or something or 10 cents or anything or a dollar. No, it's more like it said, hey, you're supposed to make a 1,000 Satoshi, but actually you made 988 Satoshi. Cool, that's not that bad. So what exactly happened? Well, it got online, it checked the hashes, and then realized, hey, a couple of these hashes are not correct. So you didn't actually get paid for that. Cool, not a problem. Now, with this move in technology, 
we have a more private way to track our steps and get rewarded for it. So how can this technology really advance more of what we do every day? Things we can see technology move in this manner is the more built-in things we can put into these devices, their smartphones, tablets, computers, the more we can truly trust what's going on with the physical device. Is there a way to see if uh, a device is emulated or not? Yes. Is now the person running the emulator, if they're smart enough, can spoof all that data to a point? Well, no, we can't tell. How many people are going to do it that far compared to the number of people that are not going to go that far? Well, you're more likely to see two-thirds of the people spoofing that data not actually spoof all of it, and only about one-third spoof all of it. And even that one-third spoofing everything is very destructive to the systems. Means that means someone who didn't do anything got paid. So what is so important about that got paid? Well, we're literally talking about people trying to make money for not doing anything. Something that happens all the time. And if it wasn't for incentive programs, that wouldn't be there. But spoofing still would be. There would be people spoofing it for a multitude of reasons. There's actually a handful of people on the dark web that for a certain amount of money can actually send to your phone spoof uh, steps, spoof data to your Google Fit. Yeah. And they also can do it for Apple. But they can make your phone think you're taking steps when it never moves. Crazy. So why are even these services out there? Because, well, people can do it. If people can do it, they will build it and they will try and they will try to make money off of it. But internally working systems can't be spoofed. Like the uh, Android pedometer. Only a virtual Android can, can that be spoofed. A physical Android cannot. So then we get to this point where it's like, okay, if the company can trust that debt a little bit more, and as we find bad actors, we get rid of them, that slowly over time, we have a much better mechanism and ecosystem for whatever we're doing. Now, how much further can we take this? Right now, when you take a picture with your phone, even with your computer, you use an internally built webcam on anything. It's actually pinging your GPS, saying, whoop, I was right here. And now, like I said before, computers, laptops, phones, tablets, don't even need internet to know where you are. They can get it down to the approximately 15 meter mark. Of where you actually were, even if it was offline when it moved both ways. Crazy, but it's true. And then anytime that device connects to the internet, the actual image can be checked for location data. Even more scary, but true. So as we're moving more offline GPS, well, now we can't stop that data from being in our pictures. Um, and a lot of phones, you can't you can't go in there and say do not do not attach my GPS data to the picture. And even on phones where you can, there's still GPS data attached to that picture. 
It just might, might be. It just sometimes they encrypt it instead of leaving it open. Because it has to be there now. So that's the downfall to it. But you notice I said some devices will encrypt it if you don't want it to be shared. That's where the privacy comes back. It is there. We don't have to show it. And as we get more and more to hash-based tech, we're gonna more and more people are gonna realize we can bring privacy back with all the technology we have. Pictures can be more private again. The data in the pictures don't have to be uh, public. It can be encrypted. The the steps that we do can be encrypted. The phone actually records your audio almost continuously. Even if you go into your phone and you say, look, don't record audio, um, don't track sound, don't do this, don't do that. It still does. Apple devices record audio 100% of the time. And I know that sounds crazy. You can actually turn off your newest iPhone, completely shut it down. And if it has battery power, it's recording audio. People constantly say, how come I can turn off my phone, my tablet, my computer... And if I'm not using it and it's not plugged in, the battery drains. It's not the battery. It's the device. For the longest time on a lot more mobile devices, we kept going, why is my battery draining? Why is my battery draining? And for the longest time, people blamed all sorts of stuff on the phone, but did not once think about what the phone was doing. And now that we have more privacy-oriented phones, phones out there that have actually been changed and modified to where they don't do like 100% audio recording, 100% video recording, 100% optical recording. And I know that sounds like the same thing as as a camera, but there are some phones that have infrared and they'll have um, sometimes a secondary dot that people call the light indicator. It's actually an optical, a digital optical lens. And what that means is that not only is it it's used to see is it light time or daytime, dark or night, it actually can track images. It it can detect things other than light based on light. It's crazy. It's true. It can determine if the light it's seeing is because of reflection or not. It can determine if it's natural light or not. And so it's a light detector but it's just basically a camera lens that doesn't focus. So it can still sometimes be used to capture unbelievably weird images that when analyzed through um, AI-trained programs or programs that are designed to figure out what these randomized pixels actually are, they can determine box, window, wall, car, person, animal, creature, crazy detailed amounts of information that you wouldn't think it could. And as we back down and we take, we we find people who have actually taken devices and they've put um, the the more open source Android, for example, there's a lot more open source Android where it doesn't do all that tracking. It doesn't do all the recording. It doesn't, and then your phone's battery survive, last three to five times longer. Your privacy increases to almost 100%. What? As we move into hash-based technology, 
we can have more privacy, even with these battery drain systems. I have an Android that is Google-based, but all of the audio it records, it only records a hashed version of it, an encrypted version of it. Cool. Being a person who actually works with um, offline media, base 64 images, videos, and audio, I understand how that information can be encrypted into a way to where it can be reversed easily and seen what it says. And thankfully, I'm very thankful that my phone does not do that. It actually uses an encryption method. I prefer to be unsecure, but it's only unsecure because um, what is inside of it might not always be what's inside of it. Like, if I took the data ABC and encrypted it with one of these, well, I could encrypt it three times in a row. I'll get three different outputs. Same thing was inputted. That's unsecure. And, well, in some cases. In this case, it's unsecure. It's also unsecure because there's too many possibilities where different data can be input and you get the same hash. So when you have both of those working on the same type of encryption, that's unsecure. So that's great. What is that? Why is that great for me? Because there's a chance that when they try to force, brute force open that hash, what I did say is not actually in there. Something else is. Or when they open it, it comes out output differently than what it was inputted. That, to me, is nice in this situation. And it's just... It's just unbelievable how hashing can change the game, not only for your privacy, but for how the incentives work. So now when I'm playing Pokemon Go with my daughter, and we're both getting paid for our steps, at least now I know, or I can be thankful to know, the only thing truly tracking me in that case is Pokemon Go. for some people hashing verification seems really confusing you know to them they're saying in order for me to actually verify what that hash has I have to perform my computer has to perform a lot of work and in some cases like with Bitcoin hashes you know SHA-256 it could take 100 plus years just to verify well that's the great thing about hashing is with these secure hash algorithms, we can guarantee information is not duplicate. We can guarantee tiny little bits of data, things that you don't normally think as a verification. But when you go to what is verification, that's basically what it is. What is verifying that this answer, that this answer sheet, and this person's paper isn't the same? You know, it's like if you got 500 students that turn in a piece of paper and 400 of them are exactly the same, they're duplicate, well, those, you know, there's something wrong there, right? Then you one got a perfect day or the exact same grade, which normally shows cheating. Because even with two people who do know all the information, things side by side, if they don't look and they don't cheat, they don't have answer key or anything, there's a good chance that they won't get every single answer correct. And so hashing could easily show you if out of those 500 papers, 
which 400 were duplicates. And the way hashing works, there are ways we can do hashing where every bit of detail, we know if there's the same number of spaces or not. So doing things like putting an extra space and stuff could actually give you a different hash output. Changing the letter, misspelling stuff, all sorts of things, yes. But it can, it's also going to tell you if they're duplicates or how close a duplicate would they be. Like when we do image verification with hashes. The image verification with hashes, basically the way the hashes builds, it starts in the middle of the picture and works its way out towards the edge. So if the image is altered, and in most cases cropped, means we're taking off the edges a little bit, we can actually see in the hash that it's the same picture, it's not as big. Because we'll see all the same hash string, it's less of some of the data. And for a computer, that's not hard to figure out. What out of these two are exactly the same? Oh yeah, this is, this is, this no, not be the exact same hash, but it can determine out of both hashes what is exactly the same. And that's when we start seeing real verification processing going on without even knowing what is in there. And just like that, today's outro isn't sponsored by anybody, but I do want to give like a big heads up to everybody. If you go to your mind your biz or right there on your screen where it says mindyour.biz and you click that, you can actually go to a website where it's private, you know, privacy is regarded there as a good thing and you can pick up a freedom phone. What that is, is a, I believe it's a Google Pixel 3, but it's been completely wiped and made privacy oriented. It's got a privacy screen built in and it's using the Android open source platform instead of the Google Android. And it even comes with some privacy-oriented applications, including F-Droid, so you don't have to worry about how, how, the pri- how to do the privacy. It will do it for you in, in great price. I think it's about $300 a phone, which is a really good price for a Pixel 3. And so, you know, it's going to have that great camera also. And also, if anybody wants to, on your screen, you'll see right there it says private paper. Uh, this is 3d.in slash private paper hyphen info. Go there to learn more about private paper and try one of the private paper generators today. Build yourself some very secure, possible, uh, securely processed uh, digital documentation or even a website 